Good morning and welcome to your favorite Friday morning podcast, Conversations with Buddy. Brought to you by The Wreck, way more than a bowling alley. We give you the ability to connect each week with our guests because we believe people matter, you matter. We are grateful to all the listeners who take the time each week to hear the stories of our guests. Please help us grow the show by taking a moment right now and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and give us a review. Our purpose of this podcast is to impact the world one testimony at a time. Good morning. Our guest this morning is Allie Virtue. Welcome, Allie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, great to have you. Well, it's funny how this came about. So I'm I mean with this guy named Jared Virtue. You might know him. Yep, he's cool. He's he's a cool dude. And uh, so we we're meeting yesterday for coffee, and we're talking about the podcast. And he goes, you know, you should have Allie on your podcast. Like, so tell me more about what Allie does. Well, she's a nutritionist, and so anyway, long story short, yesterday and here we are this morning already doing this podcast. So this is pretty cool. Uh, let me introduce who you are, and then we'll just dive into the conversation. Sounds so good. I know you have lots to share. So Allie is a nutritionist with a master's in human nutrition and functional medicine. It's a big title, by the way. It is. It's mouthful. <laughs> she is a founder or is the founder of, and owner of Parkside Nutrition, an online nutrition practice. Fun fact, she grew up living in an, in an Air Force base in the UK and moved to the U.S. at 18 to attend college at Western Oregon University in 2010. That's pretty cool. Allie describes her approach to nutrition as being your physical therapist and personal trainer for lifestyle and nutrition rolled into one. Sound about right? Mm -hmm. Okay. She can create a therapeutic nutrition plan to help you heal and feel better, whether you want to address your high cholesterol, blood pressure, prediabetes, digestive issues, or want to lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way. She can write a personalized protocol and keep you accountable to those actions and goals. That sounds pretty awesome, by the way. Thanks. It sounds easier than it really is because I know as a guy who's probably been overweight most of my life and pre-diabetic to diabetic. So we're going to mm -hmm. dive in there because yeah. I have things to learn and I think you're going to be one that will teach. So what, so anything else besides what we just talked about, what I, how I introduced you, anything mm -hmm. else that would be important? Um, I think that covers most of the bases. Um. I always just add the fun fact in there because I obviously don't sound foreign, but I didn't come to the States until I was 18. Yeah. Um, and so I lived in, in the UK and England for a good portion of my life. Um, yeah. And so coming to the States was a little bit of culture shock, but yeah. I didn't sound different. So yeah. uh, it was just, that was always a kind of fun fact to throw in there. That's and a I, great fun fact. So how long have you been in the States then? Since I came to college in 20, 2018, 2018, 2010. And then kind of went back and forth. Uh, but once 2017, my mom retired from the States um, and lived full time in the States. And that's where me and my sister um, stayed in the States since then. Awesome. So. Awesome. Okay. Well, cool. We're going to dive into uh, nutrition. But uh, yeah, it was funny yesterday meeting with Jared because as, as we've been doing for the last, seems like five or 10 years. And he, he and I know that you guys got married, what, a year and a half ago? and Something like that. Yeah. And, uh, and I knew that you did some nutrition. And then now we're here this morning. What's fun, the fun fact is that I was introduced to you from Brian Houston mm -hmm. about three years ago because you helped Brian with nutrition as well. Mm -hmm. And so we actually had some conversation through text, but that was it. I think that's right before things really kicked off as far as the pandemic. So it was in March of 2020. March of 2020. And that's when everything kind of, yeah, really funny. hit. So. That tells me it's probably about the last time Brian and I have had lunch because Brian <laughs> and I, we get together, we at least for a long time. Every six months, grab lunch, but he's a cool dude. 
Mm-hmm. Well, let's dive in a little bit. I want to hear a little about growing up in the UK. You know, what was life like in the UK? You know, how does it, how'd you transition to the US and uh, what was life like as a, as a, your dad was Air Force? So a little unique. So my parents were both Department of Defense employees. So they worked for the government, but they were civilians. So they were teachers on the Air Force base. Got so it. instead of moving around like every three years, like traditional military would, um, my family, I was born and raised in England. So we were only on two bases. The first one I was born at closed after about a year. And then we moved to Ari of Lakenheath. And we we're I was there pretty much my entire life. And um, it was a fantastic way to grow up. It was awesome. I loved living in Europe. We were still had that like small town feel of the Air Force Base. It wasn't a, you know, huge population. It was just, it was really fun. And we would come back to the States every summer, most summers to visit family and stuff like that. So we got the, a taste of the States, but I definitely felt like a little bit of a foreigner when I moved back and I didn't know what a red box was when I was in college. And someone's like, let's go out for a red box. And I was like, is that a pizza? Oh. What's that? <laughs> yeah, what yeah. is that? Pizza, yeah. Yeah. That's I, a, it's a movie, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. got it. Just little word differences. Yeah. Vocabulary is a little bit different because my parents would use some of the British words, um, and I didn't realize that they were British until I got to the States, and then I just sounded yeah. funny. <laughs> so your mom and dad were both born in, in the UK? They were American. So both of they them were, were Army brats. They moved around a ton. Got it. Amongst the States, and then... Um, my dad, I think, wanted to go in the Air Force and then eventually found teaching. He was a special ed education teacher. My yeah. mom was an elementary school PE teacher. Yeah. And um, they eventually found um, teaching jobs for the government. It's a fantastic teaching job. Um, and, yeah, so we stayed in England, didn't really move. Some people moved to Germany and Japan and go to other yeah. bases, but we stayed pretty much in England, and it was a fantastic yeah. way to grow up. So you were born there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do you have dual citizenship? Is that how that works? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. We didn't bother to get it until my sister started to get serious with playing softball. And then she lovingly dragged me into the sport as yeah. well. Um, and then we eventually played with the national team for a couple of years for softball. So okay. we had to get our citizenship. So softball is one of your, your sports that you love. Yeah. I was kind of, my sister, it was for my sister's idea first. My first passion as far as sports that I would choose would be horseback riding, um, English um, eventing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, my sister kind of got me into that and I was like, oh, okay, I should do this while I'm young and I can play it. I can yeah. do horses forever for the rest right. of my life. So, yeah. So you're the younger of the two? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So you went to Western Oregon State College. Uh, my wife and I both graduated. We were dating back then, but we, were, we graduated in 1991. So that tells you how old we are. But, uh, yeah, Western Oregon, that's a great, great school. and. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to dive into all things nutrition because yeah. I think that's your passion. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it is just, I could hear Jared just keep, hey. And so I began asking Jared yesterday, I was like, hey, what do you think Allie would say about this? And what about that? And he goes, dude, you should have her on your podcast. So that's why <laughs> we're here. I really am curious. Yeah. Because as we get older, the American diet is not really good. And I'm a, I lived on the American diet and I think, you know, diabetes, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, medications. I want to really hear kind of your thoughts on that because I don't think functional medicine likes that American, the Americanized version of getting healthy. Would you say that's true? Yeah. I mean, the standard American diet doesn't really do much for our health, period. Um, the kind of the joke is people who go back from the States to England back and forth a little bit so that you gain 10 pounds when you land. Um, <laughs> you gain 10 pounds when you land. Yep. <laughs> and it's easy just because food's everywhere. I wasn't living in a city in England, um, so it was a little bit more rural. So you did have to, you know, you'd go to the, the supermarket and 
grab your stuff and you would cook. Yeah. It, just go, fast food wasn't as prominent. Not to say if you did live in a city, it's everywhere, just like it is in the States. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's not terribly helpful. I think we've just gotten so far away of how we're kind of supposed to live. We're supposed to move mm-hmm. all the time. And I love my job, but my job's fairly sedentary. So I have to, like a lot of people. Yeah. So we don't move very much. Um, our food, the easy food is not very nutritious. Yeah. It's very calorie dense and yeah. it's not full of a lot of micronutrition or micronutrients. So a lot of the odds you could say are stacked against you if you want to look at it from that way. But I think there's obviously a lot of tools that you can take advantage to combat that. And that's why Mm -hmm. I was so passionate about working in nutrition. When I was in college, I was pre-physician's assistant and I thought I'd go a medical route, something along those lines. And one of my dad's doctors, uh, when he was going through chemo treatment, was like, hey, Allie, you should be a medic. And in England, a medic is a doctor. And I was like, oh, maybe, but watching him go through his treatment and just how the world was going as far as like how we take care of ourselves and just the general routine people were living in, I kind of wanted to be more of a swim coach than a lifeguard. Lifeguard has a place. They're super important. They're going to save your life when you really need it. But hopefully you have a swim coach way before you need a lifeguard and you never need the lifeguard or very rare circumstances where you do. So that's where I kind of found functional medicine, nutrition, my sister, Uh, joined a CrossFit gym when she was in grad school for physical therapy. And she joined this challenge because she wanted a free month of the gym membership. Okay. And it was called a Whole30 Challenge. It's basically like an elimination diet. So fruits, vegetables, meat, pretty basic stuff. Takes out dairy, grains, um, sugar, that type of thing. And I was like, ah, sounds a little crazy, but I'll give it a shot with you. And I probably did it like 50% with her. It was not super strict, but I felt so much better. And I was like, if I just made these little changes and I wasn't sick, I didn't feel bad. I was a college athlete at the time. I thought I was doing pretty good with the basic things. Um, I wasn't having gummy bears for breakfast like some of my (laughs) teammates were. And I was like, gummy bears. Yeah. It starts early. Yeah. (laughs) Well, because you go to college and you're allowed to do whatever you want. You have no supervision. People are having, you know, whatever they want for breakfast. And I was like, my mother would never allow that. And, um, so it gave me a little perspective and and then feeling so much better just from that minimal effort of changing up my nutrition a little bit. I was like, this is amazing. I mean, the one thing I did get rid of is I had really bad migraines that were probably mostly triggered by stress, but I've never had a single one since making really? those changes. And, uh, and they would affect my vision. Like I was useless the rest of the day if that um, cropped up. So yeah. I was just completely blown away. And I was like, I need to look into this more. Yeah. I think I was about a sophomore. Kept doing my classes, and then senior year, you finally got to take anatomy and physiology, and that was just the coolest course I've ever I ever got to take. And what my professor was incredible as well, and he's like, "I think you should really look into this nutrition stuff. You're pretty nerdy about it." <laughs> yeah, you like it. Like, yeah, you want to get well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, "You can do so much by just changing the food that you already have to eat." Yeah. So just sw- swapping out your options there, I thought that was so incredibly powerful, um, and you know, really preventative. Uh, I worked in a hospital briefly in the kitchens. And um, at that point, when you're in the hospital, whether it's for cancer or something, like you're pretty sick. Generally, that's a pretty sick population. And I just felt like I could do a lot on the outside before people get to that point with food. I'm going to tell you a quick story. So in 2020, about the time I was calling you, that brain, Houston connected you and I, um, it was in January of 2020. My daughter worked for a naturopath. And so we did a blood panel. And... My A1C, which you're fully aware of, was mm-hmm. now 6.5. And so I went from pre-diabetic to diabetic. And so then I got a little bit more radical about my diet and, you know, all of a sudden got it back down. Never below pre-diabetic, but always in that range, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Well, 
And it's easy to go back to just eating. Oh, it's, it's better. So you go back to living, right? Mm-hmm. And so I want to I want to hear more about the mindset behind how you get there. Fast forward to 2022. I was doing 75 hard. I've told the story a couple of times, so maybe mm-hmm. people hear the story again. But uh, I'm doing 75 hard, which is where you do two workouts a day. Yeah. And then this, I'm probably day 10 or 12 or 15 into it. I do my workout in the morning, and then in the afternoon, I'm on a walk with my wife. It's on a Saturday, and I start having chest pain. And it feels like indigestion, heartburn. Mm-hmm. Like, this is really weird. But that happened for two days in a row. And after I was done exercising, it would go away. I'm like, eh, must be something I'm eating. Well, Monday came, and I hadn't exercised. I hadn't eaten anything. And it was there. So long story short, uh, that afternoon, I went to ER and got a new stint. I was having a heart attack. Mm. Well, that's, that's kind of a wake-up call, you know? Yeah. <laughs> But that still doesn't change the mindset. Like it's still difficult to, I've, so I've kind of been back and forth. And so raising the accountability and stuff. So I want to really dive into like mindset. How do you, how do you use a coach? Cause you're mm-hmm. a nutritionist, you're a coach, functional medicine. It's kind of all, how do you hold people accountable and how do you help them change their thoughts to getting off sugar, yeah. carbs? That's the foundation. So I organize my kind of approach it's basically a triangle. And on the very bottom is mindful eating. Um, probably even before that, I think I revised it recently. It says mindset. So you have to be in the right mindset. People that want a 30-day fix or lose the weight fast or lose the last 10 pounds, they're not my people. I want people that really want to be here for a really long time. They want really high quality of life. They want to be healthier for grandkids, kids, et cetera. Yeah. And um, so because you do have to start with that mindset and have that stronger connection of why you're doing this, because it can be uncomfortable. If you're 30 years old, you have 30 years of habits to potentially undo. Yeah. So it, it's hard work. And uh, the biggest pivotal change, I think, is when people can start to change who they are. And that sounds really like, gosh, I have to change who I am to eat better, to be, lose a little bit of weight. But that'll keep you connected to that end goal because you are creating a new person. The new person you're creating doesn't go to McDonald's anymore. That's just mm. not an option. And not that option. person also doesn't need discipline or motivation to try not to go to McDonald's anymore. It's just not a thing. And it never crosses their mind. It's a decision they don't have to make anymore. And that's when it gets really easy and sustainable because that thought doesn't crop into your head anymore. I say it like it's easy. It takes work. But that's what you're aiming for. You're not aiming for somehow managing to manifest the motivation to no longer do that because that's tiring. If you ask me 20 times if I want a cookie, eventually I might say yes. Stop asking. Stop asking. It's not a it's not a question anymore. Mm. And again, sounds easier, but if we can also, you know, change our environment, also you have to train the people around you as well, like Thanksgiving's coming up. So yeah. that's a prime example. People are going to offer you stuff over and over again. So that's where you could have like an accountability buddy be like, hey, actually, you know, my plan is to have a little bit of everything at dinner, enjoy it, stop when I'm full. And I'm going to have a little bit of pumpkin pie if I have room. Can you help me out with that? Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, I don't know, stand between me and grandma when she asked me <laughs> to finish another stop pie asking. or yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. So setting up your environment, getting your people trained around you and really getting them in on you know, why you're trying to do this as well. And anybody who truly cares about you, wants the best for you, they'll be on board. And if you have some people that are a little, you know, rubbed the wrong way by your new actions, like, all right, we can circle back to those people. Maybe when you're a little bit more confident in your abilities to hold those boundaries that are Mm. important to you. But um, I think it really does have to start with a change in identity. And that, for me, came from reading the Atomic Habits, the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. Um, And I read it Right, really at the start of the pandemic, because everybody was talking about all the Netflix series that they're binging on. And I was like, 
I work for myself from my home. Like, I can't afford <laughs> to do that. I won't get any work done. Yeah. And so I read that book. It had been recommended to me for like five years. And Love I finally that book, read it. By the way. It's the best. And uh, I read it. It's a pretty short, quick read. And then I unplugged my TV and I put the remote in the kitchen and I never watched TV for like the next six months. Wow. Just because like we're inherently lazy. So, like, if yes, I can. We are use that to my advantage i'm like i'm you know when in the evenings when i was like oh i want to watch tv i'm like but i gotta get up plug it in and then go find the remote i'm just gonna go to bed wow what a better choice yeah easy because when you're binging then you want you want to get the snacky food Mm -hmm, yeah and those like paired behaviors those those paired behavior that's interesting yeah Yeah. one goes with the other Mm -hmm. so same thing like uh because it's really hard with food to be like hey don't do this and then that one kind of incites the rebel in all of us. And we're like, she said, don't do it. So I'm going to do it. And then, but if I can, instead of coming from a place of restriction, I'm like, you can watch whatever TV you want. You can eat whatever you want. You're an adult. You got money in your pocket. You got two hands. You can go find it, eat it, whatever. I'm not trying to control that. I just don't want you to watch TV and eat at the same time. Okay. So if you want a snack, go to the dining room, eat your snack. Don't pair them. Don't don't pair them together because that's just really easy to be mindless yeah. and keep eating because mm-hmm. the next episode just keeps rolling and then keep you need going. more food because you need to keep eating while you're watching TV. And so it's like, just do one or the other. And if one urge is strong enough to do without the other, do that. Watch TV and enjoy it. Mm. If you're really hungry and you really want a snack, get your butt up, go to the dining mm. room table and have a snack. Enjoy it. I can remember years ago before the pandemic, but my wife and I would, we, for a period of a year, maybe just mm-hmm. ice cream every mm-hmm. night, every night. Mm-hmm. And how much calories and sugar and carbs is in that? That's like death. And I don't do that anymore, but mm-hmm. wow, how easy it is just to pick up the good food and just mm-hmm. eat away. So, so how long have you been coaching and mentoring? Was this just uh, right before the pandemic? Yeah, I finished grad school December 2018. So that next month, I built the website and went full time into that. Before that, I worked uh, part-time for a primary care clinic in Eugene, and then I think it was kind of a side hustle while I was in school, while I was doing other certifications, and uh, I just always wanted to keep learning more, so I kept doing programs. I still do, but uh, yeah, it was was really fun um, and just got more and more into it. It sounds like you love to learn, and there's still more to learn, right? Always. You've never, you're never going to learn everything. Mm -hmm. The, The human body is just amazing, and- it's good that you're curious and you want to keep growing and learning. So how did you and Jared meet? Just curious. Uh, yeah. And then I know uh, I was asking Jared, so how does how does Allie help you with your diet and lifestyle? Mm-hmm. Not that he's bad, but curious on that. He's gotten a lot better. I always tease him that he just wanted a free consult because we <laughs> met on a dating app. Okay. And I was about ready to throw in the towel. I was like, I'm just not meeting the right people. These are really exhausting experiences. And I was the first person he ever met. And he's like, oh, this is cool. This worked out. This, this uh, dating thing's pretty easy. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, so we met up at Venti's. Again, it was, uh, what day was that? I should know that. Um, 2020, November, uh, Friday the 13th. Restaurants were closing down again. Yep. I got a little panicky and I was like, because I lived, no, I didn't live with my mom, but I'm very close to my mom. And she's had some health things. I was like, I don't know if I should meet this stranger. I don't want to get my mom sick. So I almost And bailed. you were living in Eugene at the time? I was living in Salem, commuting to Eugene on occasion. I Got think it. I left that job. But uh, 
So I almost bailed on him. Luckily, I didn't. But uh, I mean, I, I saw on his profile financial advisor. I'm like, oh, gosh, this guy's going to be really boring. Yeah. He's going to talk about Come numbers. on, Jared. Yeah. He'll be boring. Yeah. No. And he was great, obviously. <laughs> we had a fantastic first date. Talked a lot about business. Finances and nutrition work really well together. Yeah. It's really about talking about a budget. It's really about talking about the goals that you want mm. and trying to get there and really needing a professional to write a plan or a path for you to follow yeah. because it's really hard to know everything. Like you said, like we always want to keep learning, but I don't need to know everything about finance. I need to know somebody who knows a lot about finance to tell me exactly what I need to know and not bother about the rest of the stuff. And the same thing with nutrition. So, and he had some gut issues that he was working on and had been working on for about a year with another functional medicine doctor. And so I don't, I never, you know, was really a, he was never a client of mine or anything yeah. like that. But I think I just made it easy for him to do that because his doctor is really trying to tell him to go gluten and dairy free, give his, give his guts a break. Yeah. And uh, I kind of naturally ate that way. So it was pretty easy. And he likes to cook. Everybody thinks that I cook. I don't cook yeah, that he, much. Really? He, he so took it over. Yeah, I'll cook. I'll, I don't have any problem against yeah, it. Yeah. He just enjoys it. He just likes it. Okay, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's pretty great. So when you think of, uh, explain functional medicine. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think my wife was asking me yesterday, you're having Allie on, what does she teach in nutrition mm-hmm. specifically? Because interestingly enough, I'll just, when I was in the hospital a year ago, mm-hmm. the breakfast that they gave me, they they gave me the offer of uh, French toast, pancakes. I'm like, this is so interesting. That's, I just had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And so- it was interesting that they were offering me. I'm like, I'm gonna eat it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and eat what, what they're recommending, even though I know mm-hmm. that's wrong. Um, anyway, well, that's that was my job was to I was essentially a waitress in a hospital was bringing the foods to the patients, and so there was different rules for different floors. Like cardiac floor couldn't have any butter and low salt and all those kind of things. And I'm like, this is just not what I'm reading about. And so I was like, I don't know if I can work in this type of environment that's heavy, re- heavily relegate relegate regulated is the right word. Right. <laughs> and uh, so I knew that wasn't a good fit for me. And uh, sorry, what was your original question? Yeah, just explain really what functional medicine oh, functional is and kind of what your nutrition style mm-hmm. is deeper if you can, just mm-hmm. so we really yeah. understand it. Yeah. Functional medicine is geared towards finding the root cause of something. So now as I've gotten away from that degree and learn more on my own. I like functional medicine, just like anything. I think you can go too far down one extreme. So sometimes some trends in functional medicine, very well intended, but they like a lot of fancy tests. Traditionally, they like to look for things, which is good to look for the root cause. In my experience, I think sometimes that can be distracting from what you need to do today. So it's really interesting. And, you know, everybody feels relief when they get a diagnosis. They know exactly what's wrong. They feel like they can, you know, have steps forward. And sometimes those steps forward don't change. So if someone's overweight and so, or, you know, experiencing certain symptoms and they're like, but I need to find the root cause. And I was like, yes, that's helpful um, if we hit a plateau at some point, but you also need to walk. You also probably need to eat something similar to this X, Y, Z. You also probably need to exercise. You also probably need to walk, um, drink water and get more sleep. Yeah. So in some ways, like I'm a fan of functional medicine. I think it can really help those people that go for a really long time. They see a lot of different doctors and they mm-hmm. just don't see the relief that they want or they think they should be able to achieve. So that's helpful, but I'm kind of in the middle now that I've gotten away from mm-hmm. that particular program to think a little bit more critically yeah, about what's going on. Yeah, I like that. Critical thinking, that's that's what nobody's doing out there is thinking critically. But you said a lot of things, you know, yeah, it's, you know, yeah, stop eating sugar and carbs, mm-hmm. but also begin to walk, 
exercise, drink water, not just, I mean, I've talked to a guy recently, he would drink soda all day long. He never drank water. Like, huh? Yeah. So, but drink a gallon of water, like people think that's impossible, but really it's not. Mm -hmm. What are your, how, if you're going to start with somebody, even like somebody like me Mm -hmm. uh, or Brian Houston or whoever it is, what are some of the very first things that you do to get them going on the right path? Mm-hmm. So I'll kind of do a lifestyle audit. Um, one of the first questions and most useful things I ask is just take me through your day. What time do you wake up in the morning? How much sleep do you get? What's the first, what does your morning look like? What's the examples of your, your food, et cetera? What times do you eat? What's your life like? Mm. And I can, I look at their food log and that's helpful too, but also I need the context of like, why you eat like this? Like, yeah. what's your day like? And I think that's a missing piece for a lot of people as well. Um, but that I'll look at uh, most recent blood work, which is really helpful. Yeah. And nothing super fancy. I'm really just looking at your general um, CBC, CMP, just kind of what your doctor would run annually, mm-hmm. looking at your cholesterol, things like that. Because you can kind of look at patterns and find uh, potential nutrient deficiencies. Obviously, I'm looking at anything that you supplement with, the mm-hmm. forms of it, if it's helping. Is it something that we might not be needing? Are you getting enough of that in your food? Or are there other things that you're eating from looking at your food log that you might want to supplement with just because you don't traditionally eat that all the time? Fish is a great example. Fish oil can be great, but if you have fish all the time and you love seafood, maybe you don't need it. Um, Things like that. So that's kind of where I start. I kind of create from getting all of that information from someone, I'll kind of create like a longer term plan in my head of like, all right, this is where I would like us to be in six months. Mm. And then I kind of distill that into like, here are your three steps. Food wise, I want you to focus on maybe more protein at breakfast, or I want you to focus on mindful eating. So maybe don't worry about tracking calories or macros or stuff like that. If they're an advanced person who's done a lot of tinkering on their own, that can be really helpful. But most of the time it's getting people not to overeat. And be more mindful of like, oh, I'm actually full now. Yeah. Whereas normally they're going, they're eating until they feel physically really uncomfortable. Right. So that's usually those mindful eating habits is kind of where I start. And so then people build the awareness because it's like a muscle that you have to build. You're like, oh, I'm actually f- full now. And then progressing from please don't overstuff yourself. Please don't feel, you know, be over full. And then please eat until you're no longer hungry. Mm. And that's kind of like the advanced thing to strive for. Because usually people like, and and I always ask like, what does full mean to you? Yeah. And a lot of times people don't know. They just eat until it's gone off their plate. Or um, someone's told me I'm full when my pants feel really tight and I want to unbutton them. And I'm like, that's past full. That's That's like 150% full. (laughs) So, but she didn't know. She never thought about it before. Yeah. yeah. So kind of retraining our brains to, Mm -hmm. and then if someone can not overeat for the rest of their life, like they'll probably be all right. Yeah. versus teaching them to count calories. That's a transient. That's kind of like training wheels. It's helpful for an extent for a little bit, gives them some information. But if I can teach them how to eat and eat in a mindful way, then I, I feel like results just go through the roof. They have a better mindset. They have a less uh, problem with, I guess, perfectionism. So mm-hmm. they're not like on on the wagon or off the wagon. They can have a cookie and realize it's not going to ruin their whole day. They're not, you know, ruining any results and they can just move on and make yeah. good decisions the rest of the day instead of being like, well, I might as well eat the pantry now because <laughs> yeah. I had one cookie. <laughs> right. So here's the questions I have, you know, mm-hmm. as a, as a, you know, I'm a 55 year old male and I hear a lot about fasting. So I've done the 18-6 fast, mm-hmm. uh, 24 hour fast. I hear multiple day fast, like three days, seven day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never done the three or seven. I've not gone that far. Yeah. How do you, um, 
coach people through what's best for them, you know, because I've also heard people don't have a calorie problem, they have an insulin problem, hmm. which is, you know, carbs and sugar. And then one of the problems with, at least from a guy standpoint, what I've heard is we're not simply getting enough protein. And so how do you, how do you guide your clients through fasting mm-hmm. or no, nope, we're going to focus on just eating more protein so you're not craving sugar all day long? What does that look like to you? It's an excellent question because those are really conflicting things and people get really frustrated. They're like, well, I'm supposed to fast, but I'm also supposed to get one gram of protein per pound of lean body weight. That's a lot to get in in two meals or three meals, et cetera. So basically kind of talking them down because everybody has a long list of goals, right? They're like, I want to be super fit and I want to lift all the weights and I want to be healthy. Well, some of those we have to prioritize. So if you're feeling sick right now, let's get healthy and then let's get a lot of muscle and then maybe let's you know work on another goal that you have. So prioritizing goals. So we call that periodization. So maybe for right now, we're going to focus on, you know, your gut health, your gut health is going to improve. And then we can look at gaining a bunch of muscle later. So maybe that does mean that we're going to fast, incorporate some fasting, if that gives you some relief. Men typically do a lot better with fasting than women do. The biggest mistake I see probably is not feeding our activity. So I'd much rather people eat earlier in the day, and then have an earlier dinner. Um, We're a little bit more insulin resistant in the nighttime. So I'd much rather use that we're more sensitive to glucose. Plus, if we're working out, which is another part, working out or just walking or just generally active, if we're doing that, then we can, we might as well feed ourselves to support that. So, you know, it's just an example. So if someone likes to go work out in the morning, then go work out in the morning, have a good breakfast, incorporate some carbohydrates to rebuild those muscles and protein, obviously, um, that they just worked out really hard. And then maybe we just have an earlier dinner and we have a longer fast overnight. Mm. So kind of shifting things that also greatly depends on their work schedule. So I work with a lot of um, nurses and night shift workers and physicians, and that's really hard. That's their biggest challenge is working night shift or having dealing with those extra factors that don't really care about optimal nutrition. Right. (laughs) Right. um, But yeah, so usually kind of looking at their lifestyle and really kind of picking what is most important for them as far as goals. Cause I do want them to feel better quickly. That gets people motivated and they see progress and, and things like that. So it's very much catered to the person. I think fasting can be helpful. That's my biggest problem with fasting is getting enough protein. It's just near impossible to do. Yeah. So I, I, and I think it can be, I don't think it has to be black and white either. So if someone enjoys fasting, they enjoy that mental clarity. They enjoy, you know, sleeping in and on the weekends and maybe not having breakfast right away and shoving protein down their neck. Like, mm-hmm. cool. Maybe we do that on the weekends. So we just fast on the weekends. Or if you have a slow morning, a couple of yeah. mornings a week, we can incorporate fasting that way. Right. But the other days we're getting enough adequate protein in because yeah. that's just, it's so helpful for longevity, for building muscle mass. We need to build as much muscle mass as we can while we're younger because it gets harder to do as we mm-hmm. get older. Um, and once we have that muscle mass, it's much easier to maintain. Right. So depending on the age of the client as well and their exercise background, we can kind of look at that too, again, which is the most important priority for them. Yeah. Sounds like you really customize to each person. It's not like, oh, this is the one size fits all. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't hear that at all. I hear you really customize for the individual person based on their work schedule, male mm-hmm. or female, what their goals are. But really starting with getting feeling better mm-hmm. initially that's because if you don't have motivation you send somebody to the gym like yeah they may not last mm-hmm. so i really like that how many clients do you serve currently like what's that look like for you 
Yeah, I kind of have a mixed roster right now. I'll work with clients one-on-one. That's probably the most of my roster. And then I also have a group program that can serve really well for new clients that are just getting the fundamentals. Maybe they don't have the biggest budget to work one-on-one. That's a great course for them, a really great sense of community with that group. And then it's also great for alumni who don't need handholding anymore. Yeah, They just kind of want to be in that same universe and like talk Mm -hmm. to other people, have support, things like that. Uh, Right now, I think my roster is around... 25-ish, 25 to 30, 20 to 30, really. It's it's a good amount. I mean, we're we're meeting every week um, for a half an hour with the one-on-one clients. So I get a good good piece of their lifestyle, how their day is going, how their weeks are going, planning for things, being proactive, um, and, you know, getting ahead of any challenges they might have to deal with in the next week. Right. Are you meeting them at the gym, at their house, so you can kind of see what their food, I mean, their situation looks like? I mean, because that's definitely... Going to somebody's house and figure out the routine, like, okay, what's your food? What's your pantry look like? What's in there? How much sugar do you have? Are you tempted by it? Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. It is. Yeah. I haven't done that yet. I work 100% remote. Um, my grad program was 100% remote. And so, I, yeah, I didn't need the overhead of an office. At some point, I think that would be fun and helpful to have a space and mostly as a community space so clients can get together, host other wellness events, things like that. I think that would be really fun to do. But right now it's 100% remote. Yeah. And uh, I've thought about that as far as like uh, – because I used to do some networking and with realtors, I was like, what What a great uh, offer that would be for like people just moving into a new house. Like let's mm. set it up to like maximize health, your budget, you just bought a house, all of that kind of stuff. But um, that – one can be kind of difficult because if you and I always ask like what is your you know household comprised of so we yeah. get a good sense there of you know do we have kids that you know want snacks that one can always be a tough topic sometimes yeah um, but again it's part of the lifestyle factor that they need to mm. deal with relearn some habits usually it's parents finishing food that people that kids didn't yeah. finish as like a snack and things like that but there's no rules to say you can't do that but if we do that and we fill fill ourselves up that was your dinner. Yeah. It goes back to those mindful eating habits. Man, these the, the kids these days have a tougher time because, man, the quality of food is down. Mm-hmm. There's sugar in everything, literally. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's crazy. But without being extremely intentional, kids these days and even adults, they, there's not a prayer. Not a prayer. So it's crazy. So unpacking, you know, coaching and nutrition – what does the next journey look like for you, the next phase for you as you grow your business? Um, how do people connect with you and contact you to be a part of your community? And I think it's really huge, by the way. It brings accountability. It brings encouragement. It brings mo- a momentum. All those. Mm-hmm. What does that look like for you in the season? Are you growing still? Or are you maintaining your business? Right now, I'm maintaining. I'd love to grow the group program a little bit more and simply because I think it's the simplest, most affordable option. And it's it sees phenomenal results if people really commit to the framework. It's similar in a sense to 75 Hard. I like that program. Yeah. I think it's exceptional results. My only problems with it is people, because it's a challenge, it's hard for a reason. Um, I've had people put off doing it. They're like, well, I'll do it next Monday because it is so difficult. Yeah. And I was like, that's a problem. And that's a you could say a problem with them, right? They're having that yeah. mindset of like, I'll do it next week. Yeah. I got dinner next. I got a birthday party this exactly. weekend. And I'm going <laughs> to eat a cupcake. And- <laughs> so like, I can't do it anymore. So 
I've created a program. The Habit Kickstarter has five habits where you set a water goal. Everyone who first comes into the program, they have a consult with me. So it's five general points that everybody's doing, but it's custom to them. So they're drinking their water. They're ideally getting at least seven hours of sleep, if not more. So we talk about sleep habits, how to make that actually happen. They're logging their food in some way. I don't care if it's on a piece of paper or an app. doesn't matter. I just want you to be accountable and aware of what you're eating. They need to walk at least 15 minutes a day, and they need to go for 30 minutes of exercise. And that can be any forms. So if someone's doing CrossFit, their exercise is CrossFit. If they're having a rest day, they're going to go for another walk. So similar in 75 Hard is they need to go for two bouts of movement throughout each day. Gotcha. But there's no arguments that, to get away from a 15-minute walk. So there's absolutely no reason you can't do it. And you can, by all means, like work out more, exercise more. But the yeah. point is to get people from zero to moving. We can always change it. But if it's a habit on your list that already happens, it's really easy to dial up. But it has to have a place on your calendar that you do. Would you say, so walking obviously is a non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. So if somebody walks for 45 minutes a day, you still don't think they should still be going to the gym and doing some type of muscle movement. Absolutely. If I had like perfect scenario, everybody should be doing... And that's probably one of the few black and white things. Like everybody should be doing some form of resistance training, some form of like weightlifting. And that can look vastly different, but some form needs to happen. We've got to build more muscle mass. It's just so good for metabolic health, for sensitizing blood sugar. There's just infinite things that it's good for. When somebody has metabolic syndrome, you know, they have one or two or more of the five factors. I don't Mm -hmm. know what they are. I know you do. Have you dealt with people in metabolic syndrome or diabetes and being able to help them reverse those through nutrition, exercise, water. Is that something you deal with? Is that gotten close? It's hard uh, for sure. And usually I do it in concert with another physician, obviously their primary care. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of good people in town that do have that really good functional medicine approach or holistic lifestyle yeah. approach, which is really good. Um, Gotten close. I don't think, I don't know if anyone's completely avoided it. I've had a couple people that are pre-diabetic and we get it back down. Um, but it just depends on their kind of gambit of factors that they're looking at. I've had night shift workers. That's really hard. They're mm. already exercising high intensity, you know, five, six times a week. Yeah. They have a good amount of muscle mass. They generally eat well. They could do better. Um, but they work night shift. And that's a really huge factor um, towards metabolic disease. So, and it's because of sleep. Is it sleep is the issue there? Mm -hmm. So, Mm. it completely turns your body opposite clock, and they do it multiple times, right? And nobody wants to live on night shift forever. So, on their off days, they switch. And so, that completely kind of turns your, you know, cyclical rhythm Mm. of your circadian rhythm upside down. So, like I said, when you're more sensitive to glucose in the morning, um, but they're eating at night, so they're more insulin resistant. So they're likely to store more of the food when they're eating it at night because their body thinks you're sleeping. So it just changes kind of the the hormone profile that they're working with. That's that's mm. a really tough one. I'm still working. I'm always reading for those particular yeah. clients to try to figure out some additional ways to help them. It's funny. I have a glucose uh, checker on my arm, mm-hmm. and so I can check my glucose. And it's interesting when I wake up in the morning. I've been fasting for at that point in time. You know. I wake up pretty early. I get up around four. Mm-hmm. And so I get, I'm getting between six and seven hours, probably not enough sleep, I'm guessing. But my blood glucose is sometimes really high in the morning. By three in the afternoon, if I fasted, if I'm doing a 24-hour fast, mm-hmm. by about two or three in the afternoon, it's between the 80 and 100 mark, which is, I think, where I should be. Mm-hmm. Um, that's interesting. So really, a person like me should actually eat more protein in the morning 
and eat earlier in the afternoon, evening, and give my body more time to rest. What is that what you're saying? Yeah. So ideally, um, also our glu- having a continuous glucose monitor is like amazing. So helpful. Gives you amazing feedback. Yeah. Yeah, uh, blood sugar can be elevated in the morning uh, from cortisol. Cortisol is the hormone that will wake us up, and it's also a hormone that will increase our blood sugar when it's low. So sometimes that won't be the the I won't say the best marker. It's very helpful, and we do want to lower healthy, you know, fasting glucose in the in the morning. But you're still able to hit that lower range later in the day, so that's really yeah. good. Um, for that, I mean, breakfast. I always think that you know a good chunk of protein, really like. Minimum of 20 grams. Ideally, it's like 40 grams of protein mm-hmm. in the morning. Uh, you can put some, you know, carbohydrate with that if you're working out. Otherwise, pretty minimal carbs is fine. Yeah. That kind of depends on the person. But then I would have, yeah, dinner probably a little bit earlier. So you're still getting a good long fast because I think yeah. it is really important to have, you know, an anabolic state in the morning. So that's a building state during the day when we're most active. We want food going in. We want to exercise. We want to make sure our exercise feels good Mm -hmm. and we're able to build as much muscle in those sessions as possible. So that means eating. (laughs) That means eating. So whether we have like a pre-workout meal or a post-workout shake or then a meal, whatever that kind of looks like, we want food around our exercise times. That's just when the body can best utilize that fuel Mm -hmm. versus, yeah, when we get close to nighttime, let's stop eating so much. That's when the body gets to clean house. That's when we're in a catabolic state and we're breaking down old tissues. We're breaking down mm-hmm. things that we don't need. It's kind of like it's your body's chance to clean house. And if we keep buying stuff and we keep building our household up and we never have that catabolic state to fast overnight and sleep and rest recover, we just have a messy house. We have messy houses. Yeah. Yep. So a few questions. Um, it sounds like you partner with local functional medicine doctors. Is there some names out there that you could recommend for people to, because I, I agree with you, mm-hmm. getting a blood panel done every 90 days just to really get in check. Mm-hmm. Who, who do you partner with? I used to work for Well Life Medicine. Uh, they're in West Salem, and I think they have branches in like Lake Oswego and maybe one other place. And she's been really great. She was one of the best bosses I've ever had, um, Aubrey Harding. She's a naturopath, and yeah. she has other naturopaths underneath her. Yeah. And one of her doctors that I think still works with her uh, works remotely from San Diego, Dr. Aaron Ayres. And my husband's worked with him. I've sent him other clients that were hard. Uh, we did a lot of the basics and we weren't seeing the results I felt like they should be able to achieve. So I've sent him, sent them his way as well. He's yeah. been really good. Phoenix Rising is another local clinic. Um, two ladies who are nurse practitioners. Mm. I think they're phenomenal. Mm. Um, again, if I have a hard client or a client that really needs like some medication, like it's great doing things holistically, but if your blood pressure is too high, if your glucose is too high, like medications need to support those situations. That's yeah. one of the things I learned from Dr. Harding. She was a naturopath, so she's holistic and she's willing to let you do you know, the natural things to help combat that. Cause we would hear all the time, like, I don't want to be on medication. I get that, but you need to do something yeah. because this isn't good. And so she had a really good approach. Um, so those are the first couple people I've, or so far have worked with, but yeah. I've heard really good things about a, quite a few clinics in town. Yeah. So okay, that's awesome. always looking to meet other like-minded people. Yeah, totally. Well, I love what you're doing. I mean, it does matter. You're impacting people. Um, cause we're all struggling by the way. So being accountable, I, I love it. If somebody wants to reach out to you and really get to know who you are and uh, maybe chat with you about what you do and how you can help them, how would they connect with you? Through my website would be a great uh, first step. They can either, I think they can still book a 30-minute call because I think it is important being a good partnership. If I'm not the person you want to talk to every week, yeah, probably not a good fit. Probably not a good fit, yeah. Yeah, and that's why I always say or describe nutrition coaching as I'm the function the 
personal trainer and the physical therapist because I think a lot of people have a different way of working these things. I didn't want the conventional model of like, here's your plan. Good luck for three months. Try it out. Come back. I didn't see that work in the conventional model. So I was like, I need to talk to people all the time. If there's handholding that needs to be involved, I can do that. That's why I set it up the way that I did. So um, so hopefully that gives people a good idea of kind of what that will look like as far as nutrition coaching. But I always want uh, it to be a good fit. So people can reach out. We'll schedule a time to chat, make sure it's a good fit. Um, or they can email me at Allie at ParksideNutrition.com. But okay. all that info is on my website. Yeah, I'll put that in the show notes as well. Well, hey, I just want to say thanks to join us on this podcast. I appreciate Jared connecting us. It happened really quickly, which was awesome. And uh, But the funny story is that we'd already chatted yeah. uh, a few years ago. So <laughs> Too funny. Anyway, I appreciate you. Um, Thank you all for taking the time each week to be encouraged, challenged, and loved. Remember what Jesus said? I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. My hope and prayer is that you believe the words of Jesus. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much.